and was assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar and his mishaps. I like to put that out there. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. Before we get started, let's pause for an ad. What it do, baby? I'm your host, Premobot of the Play Call Network. Back with another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. You already know. I had to throw in that Nelson Aguilar clip. We got to sound an alert for my dude who's saving people from a fire and still had time to shade his own squad. You got to love it. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. You love to see it. Petty alert approved. Anyway, let's get going with Yafam Renah. First up, Yafam Renah to Dave Gettleman being right that Daniel Jones was the correct pick at number six in the NFL draft, number six overall. So Jones, in his first start as Giants QB, led them to a comeback victory of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 32-31. to He threw for two touchdowns and ran for another two. Finishing with 336 yards on 23 of 36 passing. Listen, I'm big enough to admit when I'm wrong. So, nah. (laughs) Congratulations, you played yourself. Fuck that. It's one start. And by the way, the Bucks missed a chip shot field goal that should have won them the game. I mean, more on that later. We're going to talk about that on You Played Yourself. You already know that's coming. Sure, Jones looked good. I can admit that. But anyone looks like the greatest athlete ever following after Eli Manning. Also, fair or not, we're judging Jones against his QB competition, and we haven't seen his major competitor yet, Dwayne Haskins, because Jay Gruden's dumbass wants to keep tossing Case turnover Keenum out there. Oh, and then we're just ignoring the fact that there's no film on the guy and everything on Sunday was a surprise for the Bucks. You don't think NFL defenses will figure Eli Manning Jr. out eventually? Give me a fucking break. Nah, fuck Dave Gettleman. Okay, this one's a new development coming out of Houston, H-Town. Home of my fam. Go Cougs. But Houston quarterback Eric King... And wide receiver Keith Corbin, the team's second leading wide receiver, will sit out the rest of the year on red shirts. After having played four games, both of these guys, who happen to be seniors, intend to return next season under the 2018 rule change in the NCAA that allows players to still redshirt if they stay at or below four games. So the bigger name of this equation is definitely King, who said the American Athletic Conference record with 50 touchdowns responsible for last season. He was also even in Heisman contention. He said the following, quote, I came here to play football for the University of Houston. That is not changing. After carefully thinking through this process with my family and coach Holgerson, I have decided the opportunity to redshirt this season gives me the best chance to develop as a player, earn my degree, and set me up for the best success in the future. I'm looking forward to being part of the success of this program going forward, end quote. So the Cougs are off to a 1-3 and three start so far this season, uh, playing some tough opponents, and that includes a ridiculous failure on their part, losing to Tulane in a last-second crazy play. Congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah, fam or not, to the move, does this start a trend? 
I'm a yeah fam to this. I don't see why a player shouldn't use this as an opportunity. I mean, players get redshirted all the time. Why not take that decision into your own hands? If the season's not projecting to go anywhere, earn your degree, focus on being a student. In this case, these guys are seniors, so they'd be able to graduate, start grad classes, and even earn them a master's if the NFL doesn't pan out for them. I think this does start a trend. Why wouldn't you? If this gives you the best opportunity to put things on film and better yourself in the future, why wouldn't you take it? King's already put up big numbers in his four games, so, I mean, we have no reason to think he won't produce next year as a fifth-year senior. So I'm a yeah fam, and I hope it does start a trend. Why not? This is one of the few things a player has control over in the NCAA. God knows there won't be much more. Last two topics, back to the NFL. Each time we think we're done, maybe we are this time, I won't hold my breath. Yeah, fam or not, Antonio Brown being released by the Patriots. Brown played just one game with the team. He had uh, over 50 yards receiving and a touchdown. The new development was that he reportedly sent threatening text messages to one of his accusers. On Twitter, at AB84, he said... Quote, will not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want at any time. We will see if the NFLPA hold them accountable. Sad they can just void guarantees any time. Going on $40 million two months. We'll see if they pay up. And tweet. He also tweeted and deleted insults at Shannon Sharp, Ben Roethlisberger, and even Robert Kraft about their history with sexual assault. Okay, here's the gist of this. Antonio Brown despite accusations that, if true, would make him an awful human being, didn't get put on the commissioner's exempt list. He didn't get cut immediately by the Patriots, who, as we know, have no reason to give any benefit of the doubt after their history. The Patriots didn't even cut him when the news of this came out after he signed, the news of his alleged sexual assault. He even fucking played and scored in a game. The Patriots' complicated system, they still found a way to feed the man. He messed this up for himself. Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? This man went from being arguably the best receiver in the league to literally... Congratulations, you played yourself. How crazy is it that he's just throwing away everything, and most of it by his own doing? This man got a huge contract from the Raiders. Somehow messed that up. And listen, there's some people thinking he orchestrated the whole move to the Patriots. His ridiculous inability to to stay on the Patriots roster, still test things, still find a way to get cut, shows you that he was not the evil genius you thought he was to try to get to the Patriots. He genuinely just fucked up. He is a prime example of playing himself. I genuinely hope, for his sake, that these allegations aren't true. And if that is the case, I hope he's fine with messing up his career, potentially. Because he did this. He got a chance immediately by the Patriots. He fucked it up. And then he wants to complain about not getting the guaranteed money on his contract. Listen, I don't know a lot about contracts. We could... 
use a genius lawyer for this one. But I'm fairly certain there's got to be something in that contract for holding up some kind of decency, holding up that little bit, being a positive representation of an organization you're being hired by, and not doing that may just result in a voided contract. I'm no fucking expert, but it's not very hard to get the guaranteed money. You literally just don't have to fuck up as bad as Antonio Brown. But this man still found a way in a couple months to not get guaranteed money from two different franchises. You fucking played yourself, Antonio. So I'm a yeah fam. Antonio Brown released by the Patriots. I'm a yeah fam. Usually I'm pro player, but this guy fucked it up for himself. And if these allegations are true, he got a second chance. I'm no, I have no sympathy for you. Last yeah fam or not topic this episode. Yeah fam or not of the Dolphins ruining players' careers by tanking. So this question or statement was originally posed by ESPN's Dominique Foxworth. The Dolphins clearly are tanking. They're putting their best players on the trade block. They've already traded some. They're just simply not good. It's the most clear indication of a tank that we've seen in a long time, maybe ever in the NFL, seen in the NBA. So we all know the purpose of tanking, whether you know it from basketball or whatever. It's to eventually acquire the assets to build a team of the future. But are they screwing over their current players on their roster while they're trying to do that? So some will say that this is an opportunity for players who are backups to prove themselves. If they're really good enough, they'll transcend tape and be auditioning for a starting role like this on a better team eventually. Football players turn analysts will say, you have to do your job. If you're really that good, you will do your job and it'll show up. But back to the original question. Dolphins ruining players' careers by tanking. I'm a yeah fam to this notion. So, first of all, the Dolphins are absolutely risking ruining Josh Rosen's entire career. They acquired him during the draft this past summer, only to surround him with no weapons for him to succeed. No protection to keep him upright. And then when they were so clearly tanking and tried to assume we were idiots and didn't know what they were doing, they still started Ryan Fitzpatrick. So this past weekend, the Dolphins finally let Rosen start. But what now? They're just going to keep losing and use one of their many picks that they've been acquiring on a new quarterback that will replace Rosen without having really given Rosen a real shot. Okay, fine, even beyond quarterback. Because God knows they don't need any sticking up for, right? Let's use an example of someone in the secondary. I give you a name, but I honestly am not brushed up on the Dolphins' super deep depth chart. (laughs) you could be the best at coverage you could possibly be but you are relying on your teammates to do their jobs the defensive line making it so you don't have to cover forever your fellow members of the secondary helping out on assignments sure it's up to the individual player but football is the ultimate team game how are we forgetting it when it's convenient here so to suggest a player supposed to transcend a shit team is ridiculous You need people around you in football. You can't do it by yourself. The Dolphins are doing a disservice to their fans and especially their current players. Don't give me that bullshit. Oh, prove it on tape. Prove what on tape? You don't play the fucking Monstars with the JV squad? And definitely no MJ on your team? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) On to like you know like you hate it. First up, 
Alikey goes to the Houston Astros, clinching their third consecutive AL West title. What it do, baby? You fucking love to see it. Let's fucking go, playoff baseball. Another Likey goes to holding penalties plummeting this past Sunday, week three, after a conference call between the vice president of officiating, Al Riveron, and the refs took place on Saturday. So officials threw 41 flags of offensive holding this past Sunday, which is an average of 2.9 per game. The first 33 games of the season averaged 5.7 per game. After ripping them last episode for more than one reason, at least they corrected something. I can give credit when credit's due. A no likey goes to the Emmys not showing enough love to Netflix's When They See Us. This piece, Ava DuVernay's four-part series about the Exonerated Five, was up for many awards and got just one. The one they got was well-deserved Jarrell Jerome, who played Corey Wise, won for lead actor. But that should not have been the only W, and I'm a no-likey to that. By the way, if you haven't seen that, I recommend it for everyone. I think it should be required viewing for just being a human being. On to my hate it, ACC football. I know I just talked about this recently. But petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. Could you imagine being Clemson and knowing the next best team in your conference and only other ranked team is a basketball school in Virginia? <laughs> Seriously, does Clemson even have to play the rest of the season? It's a fucking joke of a conference. Yeah, you can sound it, but fuck ACC football. <laughs> Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. All right, Joker, it's time. And here we go. You know what time it is. You, you played yourself. First up, can we talk about how stupid some of these visuals, like, like, fucking think about it before you post something. So Washington was honoring past players in their franchise London Fletcher, who's a longtime Rams player and Washington linebacker, they spelled his fucking name wrong while showing him love in the stadium. And then you have Denver Broncos, Deontay Spencer, showing this pretty cool looking visual saying how fast he clocked on a kick return over 20 miles an hour, which is ridiculous. He's at the speed limit in a school zone chooses to caption the visual with God peed instead of God speed. <laughs> I mean, this dude using a lightning bolt emoji trying to make it an S, but the lightning bolt emoji just separates the God and the peed. It doesn't even look like God speed. Like, nobody checked you? Before it blew up like that? Like the dude on the scoreboard in DC? Like no one's like, oh, that's not how you spell Fletcher. You should probably spell check that. What the fuck are we doing here? You played yourself. Speaking of Broncos, Denver Broncos, you played yourself. Not only are you 0-3, but you still don't have a fucking sack. A team with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller not having a sack is a travesty and very worthy of being in this category. I promise you I'd talk about it to pay off my promises you know how i do you played yourself goes to the tampa bay buccaneers especially bruce arians so 
we mentioned Daniel Jones' debut as a starter for the Giants and how they won by one point. Well, the Buccaneers, after that go-ahead score by the Giants, have had driven down the field in chip-shot range for a field goal to win the game. Then, Bruce Arians and his Ken Goal hat decide to purposely, yes, purposely, according to him after the game, take a delay of game. Then, they still had time. They decided to run another play to center the ball, losing another two yards. So what would have, what would have been low to mid 30-yard field goal turned into a 43-yard field goal, which Buccaneers kicker missed, and the Buccaneers lost the game to the Giants. You played yourself, Buccaneers. Maybe we wouldn't be talking about Daniel Jones being a savior if your idiot coach didn't purposely lose seven yards for a field goal kicker, which, by the way, had already missed extra points earlier that game. (laughs) Then Bruce Arians had the audacity to say the five-yard penalty made it an easier kick. What kind of fucking sense does that make? It's like the Dolphins trying to convince us they're not tanking. Giants fans, thank you. Now they think they have the second coming at quarterback all of a sudden. Next up on You Played Yourself, Pete Carroll. The Seahawks head coach got hit in the face by a football in warm-ups by rookie linebacker Cody Barton. Barton ended up making up for it by recovering a fumble on a muff punt. But on top of that, his Seahawks lost at home to the Drew Breesless New Orleans Saints. You hate to see it, but you did play yourself. Before I get back to the NFL... I got a couple more here. This Washington State versus UCLA game, the final score, 67 to 63. So, this game is a late night game on Saturday, had nearly 1,400 yards of offense. So, I'm not sure what's worse uh, Washington State having a 32 point lead and blowing it, their QB throwing for nine touchdowns and losing. Or, in general, the quality of Pac-12 football and their defense. Speaking of shit conferences, the Pac-12's last undefeated hope? Number 15, Cal. (laughs) You hate to see it. As we approach playoff baseball, you played yourself, goes to the Chicago Cubs. The Cubs became just the second team in 100 years to get swept at home in a four-game series and lose all four games by a single run. Congratulations. They also became the first major league team since 2011 to lose five straight one-run games. You played yourself. It's the first time this has happened to the franchise since 1915. There are multiple games back of the Brewers for the final wildcard spot, and them losing the final six games at Wrigley this year has all but eliminated them from the playoffs. I have many people I love that are Cubs fans. But no one is exempt, fam. I'm sorry. You played yourself, Cubbies. Last but not least. Cleveland! This is for you! What do you get when you accumulate all the skilled players in the world, but no offensive line? A 1-2 and two Browns team that runs a draw play on 4th and 9. And as a QB, hearing footsteps and bailing out of the pocket, even when the pocket's fine. I'm rooting for all my people that are Cleveland fans. Shout out number one podcast listener, LJ, especially. But I just don't think Freddie Kitchens is it. This man looks deer in the headlights, gets so defensive post-game press conferences, just making shit call after shit call. 
Could you imagine overthinking yourself so much that you thought a draw on fourth and nine would work <laughs> against NFL athletes? <laughs> this is a fucking mess. <laughs> and I tell you, the Browns' one win is against the Jets. The Jets were a joke on Monday night. Sure, they had a difficult schedule to start. Sure, their entire secondary was out. Sunday night football against the Rams. But you're looking at losing a close game. Your defense wasn't the reason why. It's too much talent on that damn team to be 1-2 and two and lose in the way they've lost. You played yourself. All right, let's move on to who you got and what you're feeling. And last week, I picked a couple of big college football games. First up is a nice transition from you played yourself. You know, our, our favorite subject, Jim LaVarba. It was number 11, Michigan, and number 13, Wisconsin, both of which had bye weeks to prepare for each other. My dumbass thought Michigan would come back after the OT scare versus Army and beat Wisconsin on the road. <laughs> My dumbass thought they'd be prepared. Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? For the lack of mystery that is the Wisconsin running attack. <laughs> My dumbass thought it wouldn't be too far-fetched for a bunch of... Five-star Division One athletes to figure out a fucking spread offense that probably more than half of them ran in high school. <laughs> and my dumbass thought that the coordinators at that team up north would help them do it. <laughs> well, the result was that I was very wrong. Wisconsin totally dominated this game 35-14. to And Michigan looks like shit. And Wisconsin looks really damn good. And all of a sudden... My beloved Buckeyes have a tough stretch of games, and their reward is later in October getting to face this Wisconsin team. The other game I picked was number seven Notre Dame at number three Georgia. The SEC finally decided to play someone. Heady alert! Heady alert! Heady alert! I thought Georgia would win convincingly, but um, it was closer than I anticipated. Georgia did end up winning twenty-three to seventeen, so I'll take that little dub. But not a great week of picks for you, boy. And because of how big being 2-0 and versus 0-2 and is in the NFL, I went through the candidates for those two categories and which ones were the most surprising. Of course, the 2-0 the and teams that I thought were most surprising were the Bills and the 49ers. And out of the 0-2 teams, I went with the Panthers being disappointing due to Cam's injury and his foot issues, his shoulder not looking great. So the result was that the majority of the 2-0 teams moved on to 3-0. The only two that didn't were the Ravens and the the Seahawks. And of course, my pick for most disappointing 0-2 team, the Panthers, went in and won with their backup quarterback. Enjoy this. Enjoy this moment and have fun with it. This week, a little back to normal. One game in each of the football categories. I decided to change it up a little. Pick um, a game between two one and two teams. Uh, the Titans visit the Falcons. A uh, couple teams with disappointing starts to the season. Wanted to pick which one would end up back at 500. Um, I'm going with Atlanta. It seems like the Titans O-line struggled to protect Mariota. Last week, and I love the offensive weapons on the Falcons more than I like the Titans ones. Um, Julio Jones is off to a great start, so I have to think they'll do a little better than they've done so far. As for the college football game, I want to go over to the Big Ten, conference beloved to my heart since 
obviously the ACC and Pac-12. Congratulations, you played yourself. Um, this number 12 Penn State visits College Park, Maryland Terps, who are 2-1 and one, on a Friday night game. So Maryland started off strong, averaging over 70 points in their two wins, but then lost to Temple 20-17. to Just like my Big Ten game last week, both teams are coming off of a bye week. Um, I do think this will be a close game. I think Maryland will look much better than they did against Temple. But I do have Penn State winning this game on the road. I think these Friday games potentially have ability to be trap games, especially for the away team, but I like the fact that Penn State does have a bye leading up to this. As for what I'm feeling, definitely all these TV shows coming back for new seasons. Of course, the fall means they all come back. Prime time, everybody's at home watching TV. Nobody's outside anymore. And also, movies starting to shift into award season ones, artsy-fartsy ones. Me getting to know what I'm talking about in award shows motivates me to see these movies that I ordinarily wouldn't have. So, I'm feeling that. You know I like to wrap up each episode. My too much sense for the week. The advice you didn't ask for, but I'm going to give you anyway. And this week, I want to encourage you to do things important to the people you love. It's important you get quality time with those you love. An easy way to do that is to take part in something that's important to someone else. Even if it's just talking, going to brunch, going out, you'll be at amazed. You'll be amazed at how doing something for someone else improves your own outlook and your own demeanor. And that's going to wrap up another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I've been your host, Premobot of the Play Call Network. What it do, baby? You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend about Prem Brulee. Tell that friend to tell another friend. And please check out all the other incredible podcasts by the Play Call Network. We greatly appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time.